Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. All right, we are on episode 173 today. Oh my goodness, we are just flying by in 2021. And I am really excited about today's guest, super excited. And we definitely have, stay tuned until the end, you guys, because she has a special announcement, my um, my guest today, and it's really, really fun. All right, so who do I have on the podcast today? I have Gori Manglick, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Instrumental, the institutional fundraising platform. And if you guys are all grant writers out there, you have probably heard of Instrumental, and that is a place where you can actually go and find funding sources. So think about all of the foundations when we say, hi, where do I find grants? Um, Instrumental is definitely a platform that I use, and we kind of talk about that a little bit today um, in the episode as well. Um, But Gori is amazing. Um, She is actually the second person I've had on the podcast from Instrumental. I had uh, Angela Brerin on on about a year and a half ago, um, and she is just amazing as well. So I love, love, love Instrumental. I kind of like crush on them a little bit because I love that they are an all-female, they were all-female startup company, a tech company, right, that really combines tech and grants. So, oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd, but that just makes me excited. <laughs> I love it. So it's so interesting. And it's just, it's so good to see women out there um, starting companies and doing this and really bringing their experience to the table, right? Uh, to of the the founders were uh, in the nonprofit space and grant writing. And Gori, who we're going to speak with today, her background is all tech. So really a nice combination of tech and grants equals fundraising platform. So really, really cool. So more about Gori. Well, under her leadership, Instrumental has grown to serve over 1,400 nonprofits, quickly becoming a favorite tool among grant seekers for bringing grant prospecting, tracking, and management to one place. Gori has dedicated her career to building intuitive and delightful user experiences. Seeing the opportunity to multiply the nonprofit sector's ability to create impact through software led her to her work at Instrumental. Before Instrumental, Gori was CEO and co-founder of Fondue, an online community for sharing bite-sized restaurant reviews. After Fondue was acquired by Airbnb, Gori led their mobile and special projects team. Gori holds a BA in computer science from NYU. All right, so it's an absolute delight to have Gori on the show today. For all of the show notes and all of the links that we mentioned, do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 173. And just as a little side note, you can also find there, um, I'm actually partnering with Instrumental and will be giving a free masterclass through Instrumental on their platform on June 9th. So it's a lot of fun. We have seven tips to write grants like a pro. So that's what I'm going to be teaching on. And you're also going to get potentially some swag from Instrumental. So do sign up for that free masterclass. Once again, all of the show notes and all the registration, all the information that I'm talking about today, you can definitely catch on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 173. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get right into the show with Gory Manglick. 
Hello, hello, hello. I'm Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, I'm super excited on the show today. I have one of the co-owners and the current CEO of Instrumental, a grant research platform. It is amazing. So please welcome my guest, Gory Munglick. Hi, Gory. Hey, Holly. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yes, of course. And I'm super excited to have you. We were talking um, in the green room before we got started today. And I was saying, oh my gosh, I remember Angela, she was here. She's one of the co-founders as well of Instrumental. She was on a podcast episode 107, Angela Barron. And yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So I love having people, especially one of the co-owners, the co-founders of Instrumental because and I love to brag about this. Women started, women led, three women that started this business and have um, a lot of experience in the nonprofit world, but also the tech world. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where you come in. You're like the tech goddess, right? Of like <laughs> getting this whole thing because instrumental for a lot of you guys who don't know about it, it's a grant research platform. And it also has other tools that you're gonna talk about today, right, Corey? Yep, yeah, as long as you let me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this because it's a great platform. A lot of people ask me about it and I'm actually an affiliate of uh, Instrumental. We have a partnership um, so you can get two free weeks trial to Instrumental. And then if you use my code, you get $50 off. And the reason I really wanted to go into this partnership with you guys is because like I said, I've, I know Angela, I've met her at Grant Professional Association Conference. She's been on the podcast and now I'm meeting you. And it's really cool just to see the things that grant writers actually develop for grant writers. So it's not like someone coming in and being like, I'm a project manager, I'm a for-profit business and I'm developing this for you as for you nonprofits that really don't know how the arena works. So I'm really glad that not only are you guys a team of grant writers and familiar with nonprofits, but also super important have to be familiar with tech, right? Because it is an online platform. So yeah, so can you just kind of give us a definition of instrumental a little bit just to maybe touch on anything that I didn't touch on <laughs> as far as what it is. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Instrumental is um, the institutional fundraising platform. And so what we do is we help nonprofits and professional grant writers uh, with all aspects of institutional fundraising from prospecting to tracking their prospects to uh, managing their application process um, to even reporting and collaboration with um, broader teams. So we, the kind of secret sauce with Instrumental is that we bring all of that together in one place. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I always like to kind of equate it to it's like a dating app for grant writers <laughs> for yeah. grants with grant funding opportunities, you know, because it's smart. And I love that you're on today because that tech component is what really is interesting to me when Angela was saying you guys have people that are just crawling data all the time. And, you know, you look at a lot of different grant um, research platforms and a lot of them are really good, right? But the thing is, is when they have the grant research up there, it might not be updated. They might just be pulling from another platform and kind of piggybacking off of that, but not doing the research to make sure that, oh, the, the funding application deadline didn't get shift. This is actually still a foundation that has a website, all of those types of things. And I know Instrumental is really robust at doing that. And that is important to a grant writer because you don't want to start writing a grant and then all of a sudden realize it's not even up anymore, right? Five right. months ago, that website was down, but the foundation directory didn't update. So that's right. a huge flaw. So I just want to applaud you guys on that. Thanks. So, 
good. Yeah, you're welcome. And I like how you connect. So the dating platform, how I like to look at it, and then I'm going to let you take over. But I just, one more thing I like to like fan over this is um, because you actually put in your project and then it's going to connect you with the funding um, source. So it might not ju just be the foundation in general. It's going to tell you, okay, this is one of the um, funding opportunities that the foundation provides that is best connected to your project. So it doesn't uh -huh. say, here's a kind of like kind of like a cold call dating thing, but they actually connect yeah. to the right funding opportunity. So just that's cool, right? I mean, why did yeah. I just come up with that idea to be like, this makes more sense? Totally. Um, actually, I mean, that really, that insight really came from Kat and Angela, my two other co-founders, because they were in the space and they had seen this problem of connecting with opportunities, both as a nonprofit, as well as from a, a um, academic researcher standpoint back in the day. Um, and so what initially happened is um, one of the things that gave us a clue that it might be really helpful, that there was a real pain point around um, finding grants efficiently. And this is like going way back in my memory, uh, but we posted something on Facebook that was like, hey, anybody out there want us to help you know, we'll, we'll find you five grants that are a great fit. And like instantly we got like 200 responses and we were like, whoa, okay, there's clearly a need here. Um, and so that was really our focus for the first um, couple of years of Instrumental was really focusing on that matching uh, process and making sure our database was comprehensive and all the different cause areas that nonprofits serve. Um, and we, I like to say that we like basically automated Kat Corvo, my other co-founder's brain. We, um, where we would actually have her, um, like look at a project and look at potential matches that our algorithm was giving out. And then she would like manually look at how good those matches were. And then we would go back and, and like iterate on the algorithm. And we just kept doing that until we felt like the matches that, that we were getting at were actually like a person would look at it, look at that and be like, oh yeah, these are a good fit. And they're like in the right order um, as well. So that was a, um, it was a big focus of ours and it's still a big focus to just continue to make improvements and make sure our database is updated and accurate. Mm -hmm. I love I love how you're you're pulling that humanistic component to the tech, right? Mm -hmm. like, let's let's marry it together. So like use her brain. <laughs> like, let's do yeah. trial. Like let's make sure that a human's looking at this and we're not just running algorithms and then kind of coming out with something. But let's make it more sophisticated. Um, totally. I think that totally works. Yeah. So so going back. Okay, you have these three three of you are um, the co-founders. You and Kat oh. and Angela. So kind of let, talk to us about why you got started in this and how you kind of got involved. We've heard um, Angela's story before, and I'm going to be sharing that again on, a, on an upcoming podcast, but let's hear yours because I'd love to hear how you guys got involved in this. Yeah, so um, yeah, so Angela and Kat really circled the problem from a bunch of different angles, like academic researcher, nonprofit. They also, um, Angela worked at a, at a funding organization, so looking for um, grant seekers. They really like circled the problem, and I... Um, joined uh, very much as like the product and tech person to help bring the idea to life. Um, so I have a computer science background, I've built you know, software products before, I've had a startup before. Um, and I was really excited about the idea of um, building a business that could uh, make a big difference in a, in a space uh, where if somebody was successful using the product that I helped build, I could be really proud of the outcomes that would be, we would be putting out there in the world. Um, so that was really motivating for me to get started. Um, and then as we started to like continue to build a product, like we just kept getting signals from the market that we were on the right track. Um, so that just kept drawing me in and drawing us in and like kept, kept moving us forward. Nice, nice. So has it always been like your dream then, like this technology just to be able to be able to like how your brain works. Like I'm sure it works in a certain way, right. With connecting yeah. the technology, like how, how is that, um, 
how have you applied that really to, I mean, I kind of see some of it, but how have you really applied your passion then to instrumental? Yeah, so I definitely am a product and tech person. Like I started um, my first company out of college um, in the, like it was also a software company. Um, and I think that's just like, as soon as I discovered that startups and software was a thing, it like immediately clicked with me um, and was like, just felt like very natural place for me to be in. It's a very motivating and creative space for me. Um, and I think that I, in, in terms of all of the things you could do in building a software company, the thing that I really enjoy, um, you know, the thing that I've is like the most creative part of it for me is like building the actual product. Um, and that's where we spent a lot of our energy, of course, in the first couple of years is making sure the product we were building um, actually solved our users and customers' problems. And so I think the thing that we do differently at Instrumental when it comes to building our product is that we really um, focus a lot on um, incorporating our customers' feedback and our prospects' feedback into the product development lifecycle. So for everything that we launch, we spend a lot of time talking to potential people, talking to potential customers, talking to customers. We show them designs. We show them like, you know, interactive prototypes. Um, we show them, you know, when things are kind of uh, in like a sandbox state, playground state before things go live. And through that process, we're constantly getting their feedback. Um, and I think that uh, has served us well with Instrumental. We hear people tell us that Instrumental is super easy to use. And we're really taking a different approach in terms of how you know, how we go about helping organizations with institutional fundraising compared to like the other players in the market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you guys have that. I like, I like how you touched on that, how you get feedback, right. From the customers. And so if you guys are listening out there and you're a customer instrumental, or you're thinking about becoming one, know that there is this added benefit because sometimes on some of the other platforms, you might email them. It just kind of goes into the ether sometimes, not all of them, but, but you know what yeah. I mean? There is that difference. And how I've seen that with instrumental is um, personally is when I was at the Grant Professional Association conference, like um, you guys didn't even have a vendor, like there was all these vendors set up. You guys didn't have a vendors. You didn't do it in a typical way. What you did was you said, hey guys, we're going to be there. If you want to see behind the scenes on how um, instrumental works, you can book a coffee with us, like a, you know, coffee chat. And like uh -huh. in real person, like, let's just grab a coffee and get off the floor, even where the vendors and go somewhere a little bit more intimate. And we can, you know, Angela just like broke out her computer computer with me. And she just like loaded it up and went behind the scenes. It was like, what do you want to look for? <laughs> it's like, it was yeah. so real. And I really like that approach and just that culture that your company brings to people, because a lot of us freelancers out there, right, we operate in these silos and we kind of operate behind the walls sometimes by ourselves. So it's nice to be able to reach out to a company and get feed or hear back from them and just kind of get those questions answered. So definitely that's, I do see that's what kind of um, puts you guys apart as well. So that's really cool. Um, but when we had um, Angela on the show before and she talked about, there was a lot of um, demos. You guys were doing some launches. That was a couple of years ago. So I really want to see what you guys are doing, you know, 2020, 2021 and beyond kind of like, you know, maybe uh -huh. shift because of the pandemic, was there any, and then has that helped instrumental in some ways? And where do you kind of, where are you going from that? Yeah, so we have made a ton of improvements since, uh, since the time that Angela jumped on, I would say that um, two biggest areas um, of, of improvement have been one, to incorporate more 990 information, 990 data into the platform. So previously when we started, we really focused on that, those like active opportunities that came from, you know, funder websites and we would kind of scrape those, that data and keep it up to date. Um, and now uh, what we have is the ability for you to 
um, see almost like a foundation profile, essentially, of, of a funder. If it's a private foundation, you can look them up on Instrumental and you can see their past giving, their past grantees. Um, we now recently introduced in beta the ability to look up a nonprofit that's similar to yours and see who's funded them. So you can kind of do that reverse search um, and, and find out some new prospects that way. Um, there's a lot more coming down the road in terms of us um, making sure that our, we have all of the available 990 data and we're building we're um, analyzing it and providing insights to our customers for um, you know, how they can best approach funders and what those best, what those best funders might, who those best funders might be. So more to come there on the 990 data side. And then the other uh, big area for improvement on the product has been uh, just a shift in, in um, I think, what we can do as far as tracking. So again, before, back in the day, you kind of saw your matches, maybe you could save a couple of them. And that, that was kind of the gist of it. Most people still would use their spreadsheets or whatever other tools they were using for tracking. Now we have more and more of our customers who use Instrumental as their primary tracking tool, in addition to it being the primary prospecting tool. Um, and what they'll find is once they start kind of saving grants on Instrumental, they have the ability to do things like add documents and tasks and also track their um, history with the funder and opportunity year over year. And because we have the prospecting data um, which, you know, that we have to keep up to date or we do keep up to date. We keep track, you know, track of the deadlines. We make sure we let you know if any, if funders change anything in terms of their priorities. Well, that kind of uh, muscle that we have really supports the tracking piece because it's almost like you have like a spreadsheet that's magically kind of kept up to date for you. You can like click into a row of your spreadsheet and what you, what you get when you pull it up is like all the most up-to-date information about that opportunity, as well as any 990 data if, if it's a from a private foundation. Um, so that's been really exciting to really see how um, a nonprofit can overall just be way more effective and efficient with their whole process if they really engage with both pieces of the instrumental platform with prospecting and tracking. I love that. So in the actual tool where you're keeping track of all of your prospects, um, then you're going through and scraping data and all of a sudden a deadline has changed that you have saved in your prospecting sheet, right? So mm -hmm. all of a sudden that's automatically updated for you. Correct. Yep. Which that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. So you it's know, updated for you, and we will send you an email if it's a saved match or saved grant uh, to let you know that it's changed, so that um, you're aware that it's changed. That's amazing. Yeah, because otherwise, if you're not in there, you think there's still another month, but it got updated or whatnot, or you think you know, or it got postponed, right? And you're right. around. So that's worth a lot because that saves um, the grant writer a lot of time. Because I know when I started, oh my gosh, oh, I, I'm I'm gonna say my, my age, <laughs> but I got started, um, in 2005. And I remember I was living outside of DC and I was, um, I'd have to go down to a actual directory place. There was only a few different, um, foundation directories at the time. Uh -huh. I'd actually have to go to the brick and mortar place because that was the only place where they hosted the international foundations. Uh -huh. So yeah, so I couldn't get it online. I had to drive to DC, try to find parking, you know what I mean? Like all of this stuff. And then it was like a book. So of course that's not updated. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like so frustrating. So I'm really, it's really cool to see the advances in the last 15 years or so of uh, grant research and how we can access it. Um, so do you think that makes it more competitive or, you know, like as far as there's more people out there applying for these grants because there's more ease and access to these foundations now or? Yeah, it's an interesting question um, because I think this, it's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of a question that spans even multiple industries, right? Like a lot of stuff is more public. And so the advantage of having like insider kind of secret information is like no longer 
like as relevant, right? Because everyone has access to the same information. So I do think that um, funders are, the funders that are public about their information will be getting uh, more applications. And I think it's more, uh, what, what we advise our nonprofits to do is to really um, be very discerning with the opportunities and the funders they decide to pursue. And wherever possible, try to get some signal from the funder that you're, tr that you're truly in line with what they're looking to fund, even if they don't have like an LOI process. Um, so just having like an email confirmation or a verbal, you know, phone, quick phone chat that just is like, are we on the right track here? Do you think we should apply? And having that like thumbs up, it goes a long way. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love that. Don't just send out. Cause I saw a lot in the beginning too, when I was working, like people would just be like, oh, just write the two page uh, letter of inquiry and send it out to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that strategy will work anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. a recipe for a lot of failure and a lot of no's. So, uh, but yeah, I like how you're talking about being more discerning and everything. And I think part of that too, I like that you're building up the 990s because I always mm -hmm. step dance. It was like, look at this place, you know, go to this foundation place, look at or even go online and look at the foundation, look at all their things, look at the application, look at the eligibility, but then go to this other website and now look at their 990s. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. they're actually funding. So can you kind of talk about the beauty of 990s and how that's important or why that's important to sure. grant writers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the way that instrumental works today is where we match you to these active opportunities. Um, so or, uh, which is great because then they're like opportunities that you can you know, theoretically pursue. And then if it's an opportunity that's from a private foundation, we'll also right there have a way for you to see essentially like a foundation profile or like what we call a 990 report. And through that, you can see what we call a funder's implicit preferences. So we say that the opportunity information that comes from the funder's website is often like their explicit preferences, like what they say they wanna fund. But then you also definitely have to look at their implicit preferences um, because sometimes you'll see funders will say on the websites they're super broad in terms of geography eligibility or cause area eligibility. But then you look at their organizations they funded or the states they funded organizations from and you can see that there's a clear preference. Yeah. Um, so through the 990, because on 990 forms, uh, foundations have to report all the grants that they've made, you can see uh, pretty clearly what, what their preferences are through that. And then you can also see things like their average and median grant amount, um, just the trends in giving overall, um, which kind of all help inform whether or not the ROI calculation for this funder is like, makes you wanna actually go for it or not. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think that's one of the most valuable things. So I'm, I'm super happy to hear and to see that you guys are really, kind of honing in on 990s and that's really basically um for what foundations need to uh file every year for their taxes yeah so um that's public information right it's registered with the irs and so that's we're able to see it but sometimes it's hard to find right so i'm glad that you guys are pulling that which is really really important and i love that you talked about you know and basically it's usually near the back you guys so if you look at a 990 sometimes it's quite long and you can go near kind of near the back ish and you can also see what i like on there is board of directors so they have the board mm -hmm. of directors names because if it's a smaller foundation or in your area you might know that person or something you know what i mean there could be yeah. some kind of um relation or or um just you know kind of that seven degrees right of knowing somebody so it's really cool to see too okay this is what's happening they say they fund here on their website like you said explicitly 
but then there, it's like, we're really digging in and saying, well, they only thought they say on the website, it's, they usually go up to $10,000, but all these grants I'm seeing are like 2,500, right? Each. Right. So mm -hmm. should I ask for 10,000? Right. Should yeah. I really? So those kind of like insider kind of <laughs> looks, totally. and you know what to look for. Right. So I'm really glad that you guys are doing that as far as the 990s. Now, mm -hmm. what about just kind of stepping back to my struggle back in the day of having to go mm -hmm. in somewhere to a brick and mortar uh, for international grants? So I get a lot of questions about where to find international. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So can you talk about how instrumental is supporting international funding as well? Yeah. So our current focus today are funders based in the United States. Uh, many of those funders are, will focus on nonprofits based in the United States, um, but some of them do fund internationally. So we will capture those opportunities into instrumental. We don't currently focus on funders who are based internationally today, um, though that is a potential area of expansion in the future. If, if you're interested in that, would love to, you know, would love to kind of hear more from you and, and see that that's kind of where the demand is. Um, but right now there's uh, so many grant opportunities and funders in the U.S. Uh, that kind of captures a lot of the kind of market right now. So that's kind of our current focus. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, I was just looking. It was like um, in 2019, there was over 88,000 foundations alone in the United States. And that's not even federal opportunities. That's just right. foundations, right? So totally. there's a lot. <laughs> there's like yeah, a lot. It's, it's funny. There was a moment um, in the beginning of Instrumental where we were like, because And this is funny because people ask us this, they're like, well, what database do you get all your grants from? And, and we're like, there is no database. Like we're building the database. But because there's no database of all the grants before instrumental, it's, it was hard to know how many were actually out there. And so if you look at the other kind of databases that, that were out there, we were, me, Kat and Angela were like, maybe we're going to run out of grants to build, but that is, it's like a bottomless barrel. Like it's, there's like so many opportunities if, you know, there's state and local and private foundation and corporate and everything is always changing. So um, it's like a, it's like a large supply of opportunities. Which is really a positive thing when you look about, you know, these are organizations that are set to really help nonprofits and help meet gaps in, in the community. Yeah. You know, so there is, and I always think, you know, there's that whole, I think a lot of nonprofits come from a place of, um, you know, we need to pay pennies to our staff. A lot of, we need to look for volunteers, kind of like this poverty mindset. And I say, look, right. money is out there and you need to ask for it. And it's okay to ask for it because it's just energy, right? It's a mechanism to fund your project, to fund the mission that you're so passionate about. So be assertive, be aggressive and be out there asking for it, knowing what it solves, right? Knowing what you're, how you can meet that money to mission and really solve issues. So a way to do that is clearly through grants, right? But if you're not reaching out to the right people and you're getting a lot of no's, that can feel really like, oh my gosh, do people even, you start taking it personally, right? It's not, <laughs> they don't yeah. like my project. Right? So it's like, that's not the case. So how can you kind of um, speak to, um, you know, being more specific in who you're reaching out to through instrumental? Like, how do you guys do that? So, you know, it gets to more yeses. I know you can't guarantee anything because that is just a whole nother thing. But at the same time, you can help increase the competitiveness, right, of someone to apply through this platform. Yeah, um, great question. Um, I think that there's a couple of things on that. Um, one is that I know you mentioned that you have a lot of like kind of budding grant writers that listen to you, people that might be like relatively new to grants. And I think one of the things that we find 
that instrumental really helps with because of just like the way that it's designed is it almost like walks you through the grants process in general. Like it almost like teaches you how to do grants. And we have a lot of like grant writing educators that will like include instrumental in their curriculum for that reason. And so we basically walk you through like, you know, setting up your project, helping you kind of select the right information. You get your list of matches and then you kind of go through the process of selecting the right ones, figuring out which ones you want to go for moving them through the pipeline and keeping it all organized and instrumental while we're keeping helping you stay on top of all the deadline reminders. What's really important is one to be discerning mm -hmm. and we aim to give you all the information on instrumental to do that by one having first of all the most comprehensive data set of opportunities to pull from and two matching you to those opportunities that are relevant and three giving you the information and like insights into the opportunities and funders so you can make your decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, after that um, the thing that's really important that I like to um, emphasize, especially for folks that are new to grants, is that it can be like a longer term, like uh, fundraising strategy, right? Like you might apply to a funder one year, you might not, you might not receive funding from them, but you shouldn't think about that as long as you think they're a good fit for you. And hopefully you've gotten some sort of positive feedback or positive threads. It's not, shouldn't be the end of your relationship. And you should, I would encourage you folks to like not drop the ball there and have like a more longer term perspective um, and then potentially reapply, keeping in mind the, the feedback that they got or keeping in mind or really trying to showcase like how things have changed or improved at the organization or what new impact they've been able to deliver and then reapply. And maybe even like third time is like the time that they actually win that application. And so what we want to do with instrumental is help you stay organized so that you can have a process and like have a system. Um, and one thing that's really been really exciting is that we actually did an impact survey um, recently that showed that folks that use instrumental almost double the amount of applications that they're trying to get out or that they're able to get out while saving time. They're saving like multiple hours a week, but they're getting out twice as many applications. And so um, that is super exciting because that just helps to show that we're helping to make the whole process more efficient. Um, yeah. yeah, that is that that is great. I mean, that's and you can say when you have a system in place and a system that is smart and sophisticated and works like it does, it takes so much time off of your plate as a freelancer, just as a grant writer, even all you executive directors out there have had grant writing dumped on your lap, right? Uh, <laughs> like, how do I save time? That's one right. of the biggest things, right? That's, I would say that's the most valuable thing anyone has to offer, right? Is their time. So, um, and, and being able to save that time and be efficient with time and get more yeses that way, right? With have, being more discerning, that is just, I, I like that process <clears throat> that you guys offer more than just, oh, here's a grant research platform, find some foundations out there, um, yeah. you know, but you're actually going through a process with your educational workshops as well. So really, totally. really so do you guys find that with on instrumental, you get more people who subscribe um, that are executive directors that are freelancers, like nonprofits in general, or just a whole mix of that? Uh, it's a whole mix. I mean, the two big categories are professional grant writers working with multiple clients and then grant writers working within a nonprofit. Um, I would say we still tend to skew a little bit more to the grant writer working within a nonprofit, but I would say over the past like year or two, we've started to really see more of an increase in the professional grant writer kind yeah. of a user type on instrumental. Um, and then we see folks of all different, uh, at all different organizational sizes. And so based on that, we'll have different titles. So if it's a super small organization, we might have EDs uh, using instrumental mid-size, you might have development directors or bigger stages. You might have like grant writers dedicated to grant writing using instrumental with like a larger team. Um, so yeah, it really depends on the size, like the stage or like the size of the nonprofit. 
Nice. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. I mean, it's just being able to have that access to it and, you know, having different people on there so they can give different feedback too. Um, and as far as your, um, you, you know, cause this is one of the things too, I say for um, freelancers who are out there. So even you can charge just to do research. So a lot of times I have been asked just to put together the organization might not be ready to pay for grant writing services yet, but they want me to come up with the 10 best fit grant research, right, the actual places to apply to. Um, so you can pay for that separately or you can charge for that separately. So that's a good way too, as I kind of say, if you, if you want to be able to learn how you can fund because, you know, instrumental you do pay for, right, you get two free weeks trial, but it is a paid to play place. And, you know, I say that could be a way to do it is to put out your services, like I'll do some grant research and then you can help fund it that way. And of course, for people who are working inside a nonprofit, this can be a nonprofit expense. And even for you freelancers, this can be a business expense, right? So there's different ways to kind of go about funding it. Um, but there's other opportunities that you have as well, as far as um, every two weeks, you guys have been doing free education workshops, which have been really cool. I've seen uh, Dr. Bev kicked it out, <laughs> kicked it off. And yeah, she totally. So, yeah. Yeah, she's been on the podcast a lot too. So I was like, oh, cool, Dr. Bev, she's so amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I love supporting her work. Um, and you guys have been getting a lot of really cool people on there. So it's been cool to see that you're you're offering this to the community as well. Um, so yeah, sure, Instrumental is a pay-to-play place, but you're also offering free education out there for grant writers. So is that hosted um, somewhere specifically where people can find that, those free education workshops? Yeah, it's a site called Luma. It's like lu.ma forward slash instrumental. And we can, uh, and I can send you a link. Okay, yeah. We'll share yeah. that, that link in the show notes today, you guys. So definitely check that out. Um, and then like I mentioned, I'll be on instrumental in a couple of weeks doing one of those education workshops. So I'm All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to touch just real quick, because this is another thing I get a lot of questions on, federal grants. Now, uh -huh. I know instrumental foundations are probably... The like the primary, like look, the funding sources that you have on there. But as far as you also mentioned state, so I'd like for you to kind of talk about state grant opportunities or state contract opportunities, um, but also federal grants. Where do you guys kind of lie with that, those kind of areas, both state and federal? Yeah, so federal, we're fully comprehensive. So we plug right into grants.gov and our maximum turnaround time is three days. So if somebody thinks most on grants.gov, you should see it with an instrumental, ideally less than three days uh, uh, from then. Um, state grants and like other local kind of government grants are, we're not comprehensive in that, but that is an area in which we are working to be more comprehensive and hope to have like a similar sort of, um, commitment there soon, where we can say that we're fully up to date and can stay up to date. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah. State grants are a beast, um, oh, in terms of, exactly. Yeah. And every single website is totally different and you can be on the website and still not even find, uh, they the grant opportunities. So some of them use yeah. grids, RFPs, IFBs, like all the language is different. They all use different uh, website providers. So it looks like you said completely different. The yeah. menus are different. It's, it's, yeah. So that's even like city department, city municipalities, that sort of thing that you're pulling. We're from. first going to go state and then yeah. we'll go 
to the next to the next <laughs> layer. But yeah, I think you know I'm excited for it because it's hard. It's a hard problem. It's hard to stay on top of all of that. So if once we are able to um, kind of tackle that, then it'll add about a lot of value to our users. Oh yeah, that's huge, yeah. guys. So if you're like if you've been looking for grants for a while and you're only focusing on the foundations, you're only focusing on federal. You are missing out if you're not looking for state. I love state grants. I love state contracts, but finding them is a bear. But once mm -hmm. you find them, it's so good, especially contracts, right? So they're a little bit different than grants, a little bit not as weedy as far as reporting and stuff. So once you win, once you get them awarded. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's amazing that you guys. So yeah, definitely we'll have to have you back on when you guys um, kind of launch that area a little bit more. So cool, yeah. That. Yeah, because that's such a benefit. Um, and of course, another question I have, because I'm based here on Guam, what about the territories? Are you guys also pulling from the territories? I know you guys, you mentioned uh, international just a little bit, but not really focused, but also, you know, you have, you're pulling from the, I mean, the territories because they are US based. Are you also pulling from some of their foundations that they have? That's a great question. I believe we do, um, but I am not 100% sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> I can follow up with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always good. I was going to represent. So um, yeah, so it can get a little bit weird. I know sometimes it's kind of like, huh, like it'll be like, oh, yeah, we can apply for this because we're US. But then when you do a click down, there's not there's, you know, all of the um, there's all the abbreviations for the states, but there's not for Guam or Puerto Rico or, you know, the Virgin yeah. Islands. So yeah, so it's like, oh, just because it's online, we, we run into a lot of tech issues, right? Because mm. it doesn't connect through the tech even though they say yeah. it's open. So it's an I mean, I know that we like structure it so that you can like filter by those territories um, and, and select them as part of your profile and your uh, kind of project locations. Um, but in terms of if we like specifically are sourcing funders or grants that are for those regions, I would have to, yeah, confirm that. Okay, all right. Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah we'll see. <laughs> All right, so now that we've seen all these amazing updates, I love the updates with Instrumental as far as incorporating more of a walkthrough process of the grant writing and then even the grant management process, right? How to manage like where you've submitted, how to manage all of that, have uploading documents. That's a huge thing. That's a huge plus because you can actually upload all of the things, right, that you need to apply for that grant. So even mm -hmm. if you're not applying directly through on, on Instrumental, clearly. Yep have to go through the application process that the funding source requires so through their website or emailing them or however that is right but you can put all of your application stuff up on instrumental is that right yeah mm -hmm. that's exactly right so what we basically like each row on your tracker like once you save an opportunity um you can attach your documents so the most common use case we see is folks uploading their final proposals once they submit it and then once they reapply next year and they have a new record for let's say 2022, it's really easy for them to look back at their 2021 record and get access to those um, older historical documents. Yeah, and that's that's a huge plus. And I just wanna kind of touch on this because you might be saying, Holly, why are you bringing this up? And I'm bringing it up because there's sometimes, especially we're looking at, we lose things, computers crash. Like there's turnover at nonprofits, that grant writer that was there last year that wrote that grant and submitted it, they might not be there anymore. Where did mm -hmm. all the go. Those are hours and hours of super valuable documents that have been put together, even if they weren't awarded. Like you said, you can pull from them again. You can kind of see historically where you're at. So you don't want to lose those. So I love that there's that feature in Instrumental because uh -huh. it's another added element of institutional, um, you know, uh, 
strength, right? That you can actually keep things in your institution, your nonprofit or your grant writing business and not lose it. <laughs> yeah. And then I talked to so many people on, um, you know, customer conversations that are like new to the organization. They're just getting started with grants and they're like, I don't know where anything is. And they're just starting to use instrumental. Like, we'll use instrumental. Then the next person will know exactly where everything is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I've even so many clients, so, you know, because I'm a freelancer and they'll contact me a year or two later, Holly, where's that? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh man, so I've got to keep all these files, right? It's taking up space on my Google Drive or whatever. So if I can keep it up in instrumental, you know what I mean? And keep a place where I can just, or I have to dig around and find where was that client folder under? Because that was a while ago. You could just put it there and find it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's such a huge save of just being organized and saving time once again, which will add to your, um, you know, just be able to focus on finding those good funders instead of where things are. Yeah, that's good. Totally. But I love that. And I love that you have the 990s that you guys are really showing those more. Like I said, those are golden. That's always been one of my, um, I would say one of my strengths in grant research is to know how to read a 990 because that's what really helps you, like you said, connect with the best fit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to increase your, your chances of securing those funds if you can connect with the best fit foundations or funding sources. So mm-hmm. really cool. So before we got off today, I just kind of wanted to wrap it up, but I wanted to go ahead and offer anything else you'd like to mention for instrumental or even personally what's going on in your life that you'd want to kind of share with us um, here on grant writing and funding. Um, yeah, well, I mean, in terms of uh, just to wrap up, I would say thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to um, connect. I hear to so many people like just in random situations, they'll be like, oh yeah, I watched the video with Holly on, uh, oh, cool. on the internet. <laughs> so um, it's cool to actually be here live and, and chat with you. Um, I would say that for folks that are listening, would love for you to just try out instrumental. We have 14 days free, as Holly mentioned. So you don't have to put in your credit cards, but totally see for yourself if, um, if it's worth it or not. And if it's not worth it, at the very least, hopefully you'll come away with some grant opportunities that you can pursue. Um, and if you do think it's not worth it, we'd also love to hear your feedback on it so we can continue to make the product better. Um, but I do think that you'll hopefully be um, impressed with just how we have been uh, thinking about making the process much easier for um, folks like yourself. And yeah, I think in terms of personal life, I'm sharing with Holly, I'm getting married in July. So maybe next time I'm back, I'll be a married woman. It'll be fun. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations yeah. again. Thank you. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm so excited for you guys. So that'll be really, really great. Um, and then of course, um, you guys, instrumental.com. So, um, and it is spelled I-N-S-T-R-U-M-E-N-T-L.com. But you can also jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 173, where all of the show notes for today's episode will be. Um, so once again, congratulations to you and Angela. I'm super excited that co-founders are getting I love it so much. And this is really cool that I've got to interview both of you. And now you guys are going to be a married couple. So So it's going to be fun. So we'll definitely have to have you back on um, soon to talk about more things that Instrumental is doing as you guys are always improving and growing and just serving the community. So thank you so much again, Lori. um, And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Holly. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Once again, for all of the show notes and all the information, including registering for the upcoming free masterclass with Instrumental and myself, definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 173. 
And if you love today's podcast episode and the podcast in general, please subscribe. And also, please do me a favor, would you? Can you jump over to iTunes and leave a review about the Grant Writing and Funding podcast show? Not only will it bring me happiness and smiles, but you will also be entered to win a free book. We have a book raffle of the month where we have uh, enter all of the people who leave reviews about the podcast. So please do that. It'll really make me happy and you might get a free book. All right, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.